Hi, I'm Dan Fermack, and welcome to Axios Recap. Today is Friday, July 17th. Netflix stock is down after missing Wall Street estimates, coronavirus deaths are up, and we're focused on Georgia's fight over face masks. Yesterday, the United States hit another record for new coronavirus cases, with 75,600 new infections reported. There were also nearly 1,000 new deaths, bringing the total north of 130,000. And many hospitals, particularly in Florida, reported that they now have more ICU patients than they have ICU beds. In short, the United States bent the curve, but in the wrong direction. Now, the science of novel coronavirus has obviously evolved since early February because it's novel. But one thing almost all health experts now agree is that wearing masks in public can significantly reduce transmission. CDC Director Robert Redfield, who serves at the pleasure of President Trump, said recently that the epidemic could be brought under control within six to eight weeks if everyone were to wear a mask. Goldman Sachs estimates that everyone wearing a mask could save nearly 5% in U.S. GDP. And plenty of major retailers, from Starbucks to Walmart to CVS, are now mandating mask use inside of their stores. But President Trump has resisted a national mask mandate, instead arguing that the decision should be left to state and local governments. And that brings us to Georgia, where many local governments did require mask use. But... Then the state's governor, Brian Kemp, yesterday overruled them, saying people should wear masks but shouldn't be forced to. The first Georgia city to mandate mask use was Savannah. Its mayor, Van Johnson, joins us in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Savannah, Georgia Mayor Van Johnson. After Governor Kemp came out and kind of voided the local ordinances yesterday, you said you were furious. Did you have a heads up that it was coming? No, we did not. Thank you for the opportunity. We didn't have a heads up. We found out in the middle of the night. We've never had a heads up about anything. We learn about it when everybody else learns about it. And and just for the record, he attempted to void our emergency mandate. Savannah's emergency mandate is still in effect. Help me understand that. So you have the emergency mandate. You say it's in effect. The governor has said it shouldn't be or can't be in effect. If I am in Savannah and I walk in front of City Hall, busy morning for some reason, and I'm not wearing a mask, what happens? We will offer you a mask. We'll say, hey, you know, we have a mandatory mask, emergency order here. Here, would you please take a mask? And if I either say no, thank you, or take it and put it in my pocket, then what? Then we might say, please. (laughs) Is there enforcement at that point? At least to the point where then you'll be issued a citation for up to $500. Let's go back a little bit. I think I'm correct in saying the first city in Georgia to put a mask mandate in place. Can you help me understand what led to that decision, why you decided it was important to actually put the mandate in place as opposed to just kind of saying to everybody, you should do this? Well, and I think the numbers have been clear. In May, we had 266 confirmed cases. In June, we had 809. And to this date in July, halfway through the month, we're over 1,000 cases. During the first seven days in June, we had 45 confirmed cases. During the first seven days in July, we've had over 636 cases. This month, we've had more cases than we've had in March, April, May, and June combined hospitalizations are going up. And so we had increased testing, but we've had increased infections. Necessary, according to the CDC guidelines, the way you slow this down is you mandate masks. 
So, Mayor, is it really the numbers that change things? Because just a few weeks ago, July 4th weekend, it seemed that Savannah was welcoming the tourists back in, asking them to come to the beaches. What we were trying to do was we knowing that Savannah is a beautiful place. Everybody wants to come out, hang out in Savannah. We have a waterfront. We have a beach, good walking city. The weather is great. And so we knew people would come to Savannah. So we figured with the mass, because we knew we had an uptick from Memorial Day, that we would be able to slow the tide for July 4th if we had people wearing masks. How much of this, though, is to give your local businesses kind of a little bit of cover so that when somebody comes in or tries to come in without a mask, the shop owner says you need to wear a mask. He can say the mayor says you need to wear a mask as opposed to just me. Shop owner says you need to wear a mask. A lot. It helps our businesses tremendously. And they've asked us for a mask mandate because therefore it provides them cover, no competitive advantage. If everybody's doing the same thing, everybody is under the same mandate. It makes it easier for everyone. Were you surprised that the governor yesterday, in addition to the kind of trying to overrule the mask mandates, decided to sue the city of Atlanta? And do you expect to be sued as well? Absolutely shocked. Here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Here we are, people dying. Here we are with people being hospitalized and we're fighting COVID and our governor is suing one of his cities. I mean, talk about turning on yourself. I could not believe it. And as far as Savannah, if he chooses to waste resources and the time of the state of Georgia to come after Savannah, then Savannah is in a position to fully prepare to defend itself as we protect our citizens. But in the end, we would rather just be left alone and allow us to be able to do what we can to slow the spread. It seems from the way you're talking and some of the things you said that you and the governor don't have much of a relationship. If I'm a Savannah resident, part of me is probably thinking, yeah, go Mayor Johnson. Another part of me is thinking, why can't these two guys just get in a room and get along and fix this problem together? That's what we elect you to do. Well, I mean, I think that's been part of the problem from the federal government down to the local government. We're not speaking with one voice. I met Governor Kemp again, first time as mayor, the end of January. And, you know, since then, we've seen the emergency orders. He did not communicate that to us. I saw him when he came to Savannah to promote the Republican National Convention here. Didn't visit a hospital or anything. Never checked on us to see how we were doing. To me, this is bigger than people. I'm not involved in any type of ego trip or any type of power struggle with the governor. The governor is the governor. The governor is the chief elected official in the state of Georgia. But I have a responsibility and duly elected to take care and protect and serve the citizens of Savannah. And anybody who gets in the way of that is going to have an issue for me. Savannah is your charge, but you obviously are part of not just a state, but a larger ecosystem. You could get every single person in Savannah, it would seem, to wear a mask all the time. The people who actually you know, pay taxes in the city of Savannah and you still could get COVID coming into the city. Absolutely, which is why I think it was important for the governor to really look at each city differently. Here in Savannah, we're right off of I-95, which is the major north-south corridor. We are only about 120 miles from Florida border, which is the national hotspot. We're only five minutes away from the low country of South Carolina. We are uniquely situated and geographically located that people will come here. And so we have people coming through here all of the time, which is why we have to have some types of accelerated, and accentuated policies to be able to protect our citizens. Because again, when they come here, they don't just stay to themselves. They go into our restaurants, they go into our shops, they walk up and down the streets, they stay in our hotels. We have to do what we can to protect our citizens. People who work in our service industry, again, their mask protects other people from them. We have to do what we can to make sure that our visitors, we want them to be here, but we want them to be considerate and respectful of the people who are working to serve them. We want them simply 
simply to wear a mask. Do you think there is a good chance that Governor Kemp will reverse his position on this? First of all, I think that people can be persuaded. I think things change. I think people change. The governor of Texas, who was against mandatory masks, now have mandatory masks. There are 28 states in the country that now require mandatory masks. The science is very, very clear. It's just sad, really, where the state of Alabama to our west that requires masks, the state of South Carolina and the state of Florida, which allows municipalities to make the decision for themselves, in the state of Georgia, the 13th colony of our country, that the governor would not only stop local municipalities from enacting mask orders to protect their people, but then will turn around and sue the mayor of our capital city. To me, it does not make sense. And hopefully the outcry from our citizens within the city and across the state, across the country at the foolishness of such an endeavor will help him to change his mind. I hope and pray that he does. Mayor Van Johnson of Savannah, Georgia, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back. Today we're watching Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg who announced that she's being treated for a recurrence of liver cancer. The 87-year-old justice did say that she remains, quote, fully able to fulfill her SCOTUS responsibilities, but the announcement again raises the possibility of President Trump getting another Supreme Court nominee before his first term expires. Were that to happen, it likely would shift the court's ideological balance for years to come, affecting everything from social to political to economic issues. Today, we're also watching robocalls, with T-Mobile announcing it will offer free scam blocking service to all T-Mobile, Metro, and Sprint customers. Just for context, there are billions of spam phone calls each year, and about three to four per day on my phone. Many mobile services actually charge customers if they want to block them. Hopefully, T-Mobile's new strategy becomes the industry standard. Finally, here's a name to watch, Scott Atlas, Chief of Neuroradiology at Stanford University Medical Center. Atlas appeared on Fox News earlier this week to say there is way too much hysteria over COVID-19 and kids and that, of course, schools should reopen in the fall. That message got the attention not just of some in conservative media, but also of Senator Ted Cruz and President Trump, according to their Twitter accounts. Expect to see much more of Dr. Atlas. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great National Peach Ice Cream Day, which keeps with our Georgia theme. And we'll be back Monday with another Axios Recap.